This is Debbie Rashong, and you're listening to Without Your Head. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by Catherine king so she plays charlie in bloodthirsty which is on vod right now it's very cool to have you here hi thanks for having me yeah uh for people who don't know can you give them an idea of what bloodthirsty is about yeah so in a nutshell um the main character gray um i play her girlfriend charlie Um, she's like this pop star who sort of had a really successful album and she feels a lot of pressure to follow up and produce that like sophomore album. Um, and her answer to that pressure is to go and work with this somewhat, um, suspicious music producer sort of in the middle of nowhere in the woods. He has like his studio and his own private mansion. Um, and years ago he was, um, accused of murder, but he was acquitted And so my character, Charlie, has uh, rightfully some doubts about going and working with this person. But Gray's like very sure that he's going to sort of push her to that point where she'll create really good music. And so we head out to this mansion in the middle of nowhere. And obviously, um, as in any horror film, things sort of start to derail And we learn a lot about what Gray's been keeping under the surface. I don't know how many spoilers you want. Uh, it's fine by me, but, you know, I don't know how many spoilers they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's hard um, to talk about a movie without, you know, having some spoilers out there. For sure. Yeah. So so basically, Gray sort of through her work um, with Vaughn, the music producer, and discovering more about her music, she also discovers um, that she's a werewolf. 
spoiler. Uh, and so my character is sort of um, trying, I guess, to almost pull her back or like save her a bit from this sort of emotional, like destruction that's happening um, and is noticing all of these um, changes in her partner's behavior that are becoming really scary and, and really um, different. And so that's kind of like the big push and pull in our um, relationship is like our relationship starts to crumble. She also is like discovering more and more about being a werewolf. And so um I mean, do things end well for you when you're dating a werewolf? That's a question. <laughs> That's a question many people have asked. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. But I like um, even if you took out the horror elements, well, it's kind of like if you took the idea of um, what you do for your art, like uh, the, the sacrifices in relationships, uh, you know, getting into your emotions, but it's amped up and made into a horror movie. Yeah, I, and I think that was something that was very easy for, for all of us, you know, actors working on the project and and even the director too. It's because there's so many parallels between what we go through literally to be artists and, and kind of the sacrifices you make and how much you put into your work um, and sort of like, how does that affect your life? How does that affect your personal relationships? It's a very universal thought in some ways, although, you know, we don't all experience turning into a wolf at nighttime. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. No. So how, how did you get involved? Well, it's kind of a cool story. Um, Amelia, actually, we both studied film production at, at Mel Hoppenheim um, at Concordia in Montreal. She was a bit ahead of me. Um, and so we'd sort of been on each other's like periphery for a while. And um, she had seen my web series and, and different work had done acting since like we graduated and I guess had had been really supportive of my work and and I had been a super big fan of her work as well. And had really been noticing that she was sort of, you know, one of those people from film school who was going on to really like, you know, do it, so to speak, and, and carve out her own space and especially in in her own genre and doing a lot of horror. Um, And so, yeah, we were sort of really aware of each other's work and um, she asked me to audition for Charlie and, um, yeah, I just kind of, it went from there. And I think we both sort of got called onto the project relatively like pretty far along in pre-production. And so we were sort of one day, I didn't know if I was going to be working on this film. And like a week later I was in Edmonton (laughs) in the middle of winter shooting. So it all kind of happened really quickly, but I think that there was already an established trust because we had sort of seen each other's work and like knew of each other and stuff like that. Um, so it felt very comfortable, like jumping into this project with her for sure. Uh, speaking of the cold, are you from Canada? Are you used to the, to that weather? Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I grew up like the first 17, 18 years of my life um, used to rain, but not really used to cold. Then I moved to Montreal. So that is, um like eight months of winter a year but you know what I don't think I ever fully got used to it (laughs) like I am not a winter person Uh um and yeah it was it was great filming in Edmonton and I think we really like had such a lovely crew of of close-knit people um I definitely it, it was kind of almost like another parallel because we were staying out in this hotel in the middle of winter um, that was sort of pretty far removed from like Edmonton proper. Um, And then the movie is set in like 
this mansion pretty far removed from like everything else. And so we, in a way, sort of were really able to focus on that aspect of the film because we were kind of living it in, yeah. in certain ways. Um, it was kind of like quarantine, pre-quarantine in a way, just because we were like, yeah, pretty was it, isolated, was it, yeah. Did you film before, uh, before COVID? It was, per- it was, we were so lucky. I think I, we finished in um, February and then I think I went to LA for, for a month, but like literally we finished filming right before lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to sort of do the whole post-production through COVID and everything. But I mean, if it had been pushed a month or two later, like this film might not be ever been made. It's, right. it's pretty crazy to yeah. think about. It's uh, last year uh, in February, I produced my first feature and it oh, congrats. was right before uh, COVID and we didn't get everything. Uh, we still need to finish. Oh, stuff. really? So how much do you have left to film? Uh, some scenes, uh, but there's like an assembly cut. I'm, I'm a co-producer, but yeah, yeah. It'll, uh, it's stressful. It's post-production yeah. is stressful enough already without complications of, you know, a global pandemic. So Right, right. Yeah. Congrats on congrats <laughs> in, on in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh making a movie is less important than everyone being healthy. So that's why I try to yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> How much it. do you sacrifice for your craft, right? Right. right. <laughs> uh so uh speaking of the cold though, there is a scene where you're dragged uh, in in the cold, and I, I when I was watching that, I was wondering how was that to film. Yeah, so that was cold. Yeah. <laughs> we did film. I mean, actually, I was lucky because I didn't have as many outdoor night shoots as Lauren did. Like, she really was out there in those little pajamas, like in the snow, for quite a few shoots. We managed to film that whole scene where I'm being dragged and and in the car and all of that stuff, like in one night. So it was a pretty rough night, not going to lie. <laughs> and it was genuinely very cold and I was genuinely being dragged around on ice. Um, but, but luckily it didn't go on for a super long time. And, and it was just funny because I like, I had so many prosthetics and like blood and it gets really sticky. And I was like cold and everything that you, you almost come become a little bit like delusional do you know what I mean like you feel so weird you're talking to like a crew person who's just like there in a coat totally clean and then you're next to them (laughs) covered in blood just like you know feeling totally crazy and it's like you're having a sandwich like it's so surreal you know yeah and when you said you're in a hotel like out in the middle of nowhere was there anyone else staying there that like you know saw any of that like someone dressed as a werewolf or someone it's funny um so yeah so lauren and um greg and i and amelia all stayed in the same hotel and um there was one night where greg came back into the lobby in like a pink bathrobe just to like stay warm and just covered in set blood and apparently i wasn't there at the time but apparently the like lobby people were like had quite a had quite a moment where they're like holy crap i think they knew that we were filming a movie so they didn't like call the police but definitely (laughs) like imagine like four in the morning this person this man comes in covered in blood like smiling in a pink bathrobe like it's really really pretty funny yeah i think the pink bathrobe adds to it yeah it's that little cherry on top yeah right uh the director amelia uh, moses we had on last year and um had you known her previously? Yeah, so Amelia's the one who. who oh, okay. Was I my, you know yeah, yeah, in the film program before me, and um, 
yeah, we, we knew each other. I mean, we definitely know each other even better now having worked together. Um, uh, but yeah, the film was also a great opportunity to meet a lot of people. Like I, I met Lauren and, and Greg and um, amazing members in the crew that are going to be like lifelong friends now. And I think that's, that's kind of a beautiful thing about working on an indie film too. Like, cause I've been on sets where it's like for Netflix or whatever, where there's literally hundreds and hundreds of people. And when you're on something that's more of like a tight knit crew, you, you get to bond and create these like really great memories with people and get to know them on such a great level. So like, that's really special. I think about working on like indie features like this and you really feel like part of this whole journey that like the film is going on um, instead of maybe like one cog in this great big machine, right. you know? Yeah. Um, the, I mentioned a movie last year that I produced, but before that was my, I was in my first feature in December of 2019. And that's where I met uh, my co-host Trista, which she was the star and I just had a bit part, but nice. it, it was small cast and, you know, stayed in touch with everybody since. Yeah. And those are like bonds that I feel really grow and then you find other like projects to work on together in the future and it's just like very nice really nice connections and I think I mean that's obviously something that I think we're all missing now in COVID is like (laughs) you know those those happenstance connections you make with people in real life and I can't wait to like kind of get back to that because even you know filming um on set now it, it's good but there is more of a distance it's like you're there in your ppe and your mask and your shield and it's like almost rude now to get super close to someone and you can't just like go up to people and give them hugs like you right. really have to sort of weigh like what is the social dynamic here because safety is like you know mm-hmm. first and foremost but it's it's great that they they're finding ways at all to be shooting and, and have been pretty ingenious and kept things pretty safe for us. So, yeah. Now you mentioned um, Amelia uh, does horror movies and I guess assume she's a horror fan. Uh, are you a horror movie fan? I, okay. I am a fan, but I'm also um, <laughs> like very scared. <laughs> so um, I think for me, I, I, I love like a thriller that is a bit more like psychological, but I also love like, like Mario Bava films. They're very like lush sort of like visuals and like this whole other aspect to horror. And I think horror has also been something that's been calling me more and more. Um, I have like an erotic thriller coming out in the next few months called Voyeurs with Amazon. Um, And it just seems to be like really recurring and, and also in my own work, you know, like I, I write and produce and stuff too. It's been more and more relevant to me. And I think it's such a beautiful way to sort of have a, discourse on society and the world and like so many like deep parts of us and so um i think like my relationship to horror is like kind of evolving in a way as well yeah i think that's at the heart of uh not all genre film all genre like sci-fi and and horror but a lot of it is about you know other things so you can you could talk about other things within you know the genre of, of the story you're telling Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think it's such a beautiful, like, varied genre and, and and has been able to, like, accomplish so many, like, new, like, new ideas and, like, new concepts in the past and stuff. And that's really exciting to me as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned, and I saw on your IMDb that you've directed a couple things and you've produced a lot and also did effects on, on things. So uh, which came first? Did you want to become an actor? Did you want to direct or did you want to do effects or are they all kind of combined? 
Um, well, that's a great question. I, when I was growing up in Vancouver, I think acting was always the goal and, and I did it like through high school and stuff. And then, and then I ended up taking a really big break for like, I mean, big break for, for my lifespan. <laughs> so for like six years, I, um, I didn't act at all. And, and I got a degree in film production and I was working behind the scenes and I literally did like when I say everything, I pretty much worked like I was like being a grip, an AD, like I would do craft. I was producing, I did visual effects. Like I literally worked in every aspect. Um, and then I sort of got back into acting um, after years. And it was really cool because I, I think I was able to rediscover this thing that I'd always had love for, but as an adult and as a career, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to obviously your relationship to anything shifts between when you're 16 and, and when you're an adult. And so, um, yeah, I was able to get back into acting and I think in a, in a lot healthier of a way too, because you're able to like put some distance and, and, you know, not, die of whatever when you, if you don't get an audition like you know you're able to just like have more maturity with it and and I was super fortunate to pretty quickly be able to make a career out of it and be working on projects like this that are very um rewarding and, and very interesting to me you know um do you think working on the other aspects of movies uh directing producing uh, fx and stuff does that also help you as an actor I think that anything that like informs the process of filmmaking is going to help in some way, you know, because it's, it's your understanding this like beautiful art form from just different directions. I think for sure, sometimes like producing and directing, it can make you maybe like overthink things a little bit, but I think if you can kind of compartmentalize, like when you're working on different aspects, you know, that can help. But I think anything that's sort of, you know, it's so beautiful to be able to literally see how film works from like the conception and the idea and the writing through to like the pre-production and the post, like all of those things to understand that process is amazing. And I also think you realize as an actor how not small of a part, but how there are so many other aspects of a film that are there that are not just about you. And I think that takes some of the the pressure away about being so um, maybe like, like difficult on yourself or whatever. A lot of actors really pick themselves apart and, and they are just like one piece of this big puzzle. You know, I think understanding that helps a lot as well. Um, and yeah. And then I think now I'm, I'm working on a project that I'm, that I'm writing right now and like pitching to different networks that it's kind of like this culmination of, acting and producing and like seeing things from both sides which is really cool and I, I don't think I would have been able to make that had I not had both of those experiences you know yeah uh can you talk about that at all or if you're just pitching it you probably can't but. uh yeah I don't know how much I want to say but I'm kind of it's actually like a comedy horror which I think is is really awesome and and I love comedy and also like my relationship to horror so it's like this fun kind of way I like satire of the industry in a way okay that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. My movie yeah, we, can, we can talk about it in a year on the podcast. Right, but right, <laughs> I'll re we'll remember. But we, uh, just quick, because you was that going to be a series you said? Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm pitching it as like a 30 minute um, TV show. Yeah. There are a few people on who tell me that's uh, really the way to go because the rise of the uh, streaming sites, they all need content. And a streamer mm -hmm. has more, uh, a series would have more content than, you know, if you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like a film, you mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, time-wise. I know. It's crazy to see how much, like, distribution of film has changed. Um, and especially in COVID, it's like, even all these film festivals that either have been part of or have been watching or whatever, it's like, that experience is so different now. We're just doing yeah. it online and you're, you're streaming it from home versus you used to go in and have like a, you know, soiree and meet all Honestly, the filmmakers. That's, yeah, that's uh, probably the biggest thing I miss of the film festivals. That's yeah. how I've been doing anything. You know, I went as press and then, you know, you meet people and, you know, you get along and then they ask you to do something and, you know, things work yeah, out. Yeah, it's like those organic um, moments and like relationships that happen. And it's so interesting. I, I listened to a podcast recently about how one of the biggest things that makes humans happy, like the biggest factor in human happiness is those like small unplanned moments with like strangers or near strangers where you just kind of have a genuine connection. And then I was like, man, that's hard in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> We're literally doing everything, you know, to prevent that happening. But yeah, I really hope that eventually we can kind of have that film festival experience again, because I agree. It's like this year, you know, Bloodthirsty went to so many festivals and other projects that I have, like would have, you know, had all these events. And, and instead of that, it's like, sometimes we zoom you know <laughs> and it's very different yeah i didn't even know what zoom was before uh before the pandemic. i don't think i did either yeah i think we all like there is a very fast learning curve for zoom yeah yeah before that podcast was our podcast was just audio and then uh we started using the zoom but nice. so did what um so for the the festivals that did play uh bloodthirsty they were were they all virtual um yeah yeah Everything like I actually haven't seen the film yet in a oh, theater, yeah. which is crazy. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were gonna say you haven't seen the film yet. But okay. Yeah, I, no, no, I've seen the, I've seen the film, but um, but always it's like, like for the very first um at Fantastic Fest, it was first um seen in in the states, and so Lauren and I were both in Toronto at the time, and it was COVID, so we sort of had like a distance screening where we like rented a projector and had some friends over at like two meters in the backyard. Um, and that's great, but definitely if you think about film, it's like the sound and the visuals are going to be different yeah. on an outdoor projector and speaker than if you were to be in a theater. And I would love one day to have the experience of seeing and hearing because the soundtrack and, and the mixing is such a huge part of the film too, like what that would feel like in a theater mm -hmm. um, versus like, you know, at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's something that I always get sad or mad, like when I see on social media people saying, "Oh, I hate the theater," or the theater, you know, they don't care about going back to the theater. But to me, there's no better way to watch a movie. You're, you know, it's there; you can't escape from yeah. it. That it's Especially the sound, down. like, yeah. um, and I think sound is such an underappreciated aspect of of film as well. And it's like it's very hard to replicate like that mixing and, and, and that at home, unless you have like a surround sound, but like most people don't, they're just watching right, on right. their laptop and it's like very, very different. Um, so I definitely miss that. I think I went to see like maybe one movie in COVID. Cause there's been a few brief times where theaters have opened. I saw yeah. the nest. I don't know if you saw that film. No. Yeah. My brother and I went to see one movie. We saw the uh, Willie's wonderland with, uh, with Nicholas cage. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. You might be interested in the nest actually, because what I thought was very interesting about it is that it was 
build is a thriller. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree that it is a thriller, but it played with some, I guess the expectations of scares or the expectations of like what you go into a thriller expecting. Um, and then, it, and then it, I don't know, it was more about like family dynamics, but I'd be super interested in what you think about it because it was kind of one of those movies that I think was almost between genre a little bit. Okay. Well, that's, a, well, that's what I always like about uh, the festivals is there's a lot of movies that don't fit in any genre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my local one, Boston Underground Film Festival, and it's just a lot of weird movies that yeah. <laughs> don't necessarily fit anywhere, but that's what I like about them. And I don't just watch horror movies either. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you have to talk about them more, but yeah, you can yeah. enjoy yeah, anything. I just like <laughs> Yeah. 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 You got it. You got to be in love with movies, I think, to work in any part of this industry. You know what I mean? Whether it's reviewing or making or or whatever, it's like you really have to have so much love because it is a hard industry, I think, just because it's not um, it's not like a consistent nine to five. (laughs) You really I think everyone working in it is doing it because we have so much love and, and passion. And so you you put up with some pretty crazy stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, it was funny you mentioned sound because in my notes, the first note I wrote was the the beginning sound you hear when uh, it's, it's like a gnawing sound of someone being a, or something being eaten, which yeah. is really effective. And I could imagine that in the theater being very effective. Yeah, I would love to experience the beginning in a theater because that's actually a lot of people have one of the first things they mentioned to me is like their reaction, like a very visceral reaction to those first moments. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would love to experience that like on, on, in a theater. That'd be great. Plus the movie has a lot of music in. Yeah. And, and the music, I mean, it was like original music by Lowell. um, And actually we got two Canadian screen award nominations for like the music and the mixing in the movie and it's such a huge part of it. And I know there was one festival that we played at where um, they, they just had to compress, I guess, all of the sound um, because that's however it was being distributed or streamed or whatever. But I just, I think we were all like, Oh my God, this, you can't, can't even hear so many elements of what's in the mix, you know? Yeah. That's too bad. But yeah. Um, so uh, where can, where can people follow you? Not to your home in Canada, but uh, like, <laughs> please don't come across the border um i mean i guess you can find me on instagram um my handle is king underscore underscore catherine and um i have a website as well which is catherinekingso.com and um yeah like a bunch of stuff sort of coming out in the next a uh, couple months, Boyers is coming out on Amazon. Um, I was in a Netflix show called Jupiter's Legacy, um, and I'm filming season two of Transplant right now, which which also aired in the states. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff. And then I was working on a video game all of the last year, um, oh. doing mocap and, and performance capture as Batgirl in Gotham Knights. So I don't know how long it'll be till that comes out because the video game um, pipeline is even mind boggling to me. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff kind of coming What's down. What's your experience like doing uh, for the video game? I mean, it's super fun. I, I think the best way to describe it is maybe like a combination of film acting and theater. Cause it's like very physical. Um, but also it's like grounded in, 
in natural moments, if that makes sense. Um, and it was, it's cool because it's a very different process than any other uh, kind of acting. Um, and you really learn like the specificity of that, but you get to do really fun stuff. And it's like one moment you'll be fighting monsters and the next moment you'll be having a really like personal one-on-one conversation. Like, you know, it's, it's very fantastical, I guess. Yeah. That sounds very fun. Well, very cool. Uh, Bloodthirsties on video on demand right now. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure. I don't have where written. You can get it, but I think you can get it on most of the wherever you get. Yeah. Um, oh, because you're in the states, right? Because I. Uh, well, I think you can get it Where's on it iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. iTunes and um, Prime. Like literally anywhere you can find movies. Cineplex. Um, yeah. Because I know I had my links ready for Canada, and then I realized you're the States. <laughs> yeah, I should have I should have had that prepared, but it said it says like and anywhere you can get movies. Oh, actually, I could I could find it for you real soon. Okay. Um, edit this little uh, part up. You, in the states, Apple TV, Amazon, Fandango, Fandango Now, Google Play, Vudu, Comcast, Directv, Verizon. Verizon Fios, Spectrum, and anywhere you can rent and buy movies. Well, there you go. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> this is very fun to talk with you. To now look forward to your future projects. Thank the you so much. Thanks for having me. And and have a good rest of the day. Stay warm. The mystery of old world order for the new world order on iTunes, right, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. Oh,